Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My attorneys are calling me back right now. We have six on payroll, and every single one are calling back right now. Hey, you know what? This is so weird, Ryan. Can you tell me what's going on? Would Homeland Security show up for that? I mean, like, I'm, like, literally shook right now. It just scared me. Like, is something bigger happening? Should I be stressed? I'm shaking. I'm physically shaking. She keeps saying someone tipped them off. Someone tipped them off. Do you think she tipped them off? She keeps saying someone told her she was here. I don't know. I'm not implying that, but it's weird, right? She's behaving very odd. Woo! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We have so much to talk about because this week's Real Houses of Salt Lake City was so good. And Andy Cohen was making the interview rounds and he was saying to every outlet who would listen, he was saying, this is one of the top five episodes of the Real Housewives ever. And I will say to that, Andy's wrong because I believe it to be maybe top three episodes of Real Housewives ever. They really delivered this week. I feel so good. I feel, again, alive. I am ready to talk about it. Let's go, girls. Let's go, girls. (laughs) Let's go, girls. We got so much to get into. I mean, where do we even begin? Should we start with how happy Meredith was? Now, I've never seen Miss Marsh that happy. In the entire two years that we've been with this woman, Miss Marks has not had a smile on her face that way. Uh, I've never seen her so quite engaged. She looked like she just got fucked by Channing Tatum or something. I mean, that's what you would have thought happened, because when she found out that Jen Shaw was uh, caught by the feds at Beauty Lab and Lasers, 15-minute Botox parking, they showed up and the Homeland Security arrived. Uh, Miss Meredith Marks, she was in that bathtub and she was living. She had that bubble mustache beard on her face, and she didn't give a fuck. She was happy as hell. And I swear it was like she was uh, on cloud nine, like it was. she got fucked by Channing on Christmas Day. I mean, that's how I would have been smiling if uh, that happened with me and Jane Tatum. And that's how I felt like Ms. Marks was acting. And God bless, because I loved it. It added a whole nother dimension. And then meanwhile, I was just looking at how every woman was reacting to this craziness. Because Jenny... Jenny, our new housewife, Jenny, she's never been more relaxed on camera. Because every week, sometimes there's this uh, complaint that Jenny, it's maybe staged, all that stuff with Dewey and the sister wife, people are thinking online, people are saying, oh, it's all set, it's a setup, in the words of Whitney. It's a setup. Whitney got the fucking chills this week. That finally happened, that scene finally happened, she got the fucking chills. I have the chills. But so Jenny, a lot of the complaint is that Jenny and Dewey, they got this whole setup or whatever. And honestly, I felt like this was the first week that Jenny truly just relaxed on screen on that bus when they were leaving the 15 minute Botox parking at Beauty Lab and Laser. Jenny was just it was like she you know, when you go to the you go to the spa, you get a real good 90 minute massage, you head on into the spa locker room, you sit down, you're in a cozy robe and you're in that sort of hazy state where everything's a little bit blurry. All your muscles are relaxed. You can't see everything because you're still kind of uh, gaining your equilibrium, as it were. And then one of the employees of the spa comes up to you with a glass of water and they say, hey, would you like a glass of water? And you say yes in that gravelly, dry voice where you sound like Countess Luann after she smokes a pack of Marlboro Lights. You got that dry, gravelly tone because you're just so relaxed. That's how Jenny was this whole episode when she found out her friend was arrested by Homeland Security. She was on that bus. She was just having her coffee and some snacks. I've never seen her so relaxed on film. Honestly, it was like... And then meanwhile, the other ones were, some of them were crying. Heather Gaze, she was crying like a, somebody just passed away or something. And then Lisa was trying to squeak out a tear. But meanwhile, she's calling up the lawyer. She's telling him, I think Meredith tipped him off. She's like, I think Meredith tipped him off. And then Whitney, you know, she's just got all this information for us. Whitney's, uh, I never knew Whitney was so intelligent in terms of all this information. Because she's like, it's fraud. It's money laundering and it's fraud. She's been arrested. She's in custody. And Stu, too. It's fraud. 
it's fraud. She's she's reading her news on her phone. She's like, it says, Real Housewives star in massive money laundering scheme. I have the feckin' chills, and this is how it is. I have the no. Chills. No. She's like, this is exactly what happened. I'm going to break it all down for you. And they're all sitting there like, how the fuck do you know all this? <laughs> like, how do you know all of it? And then meanwhile, Jen's on the run and she's not going to uh, she's not going to make it on the run. Of course, they're going to catch her. We all knew they caught her. We saw the footage of her leaving the courthouse. But we knew that that Homeland Security, they had a lot of people on that team. It was the, it, the New York SWAT team and the Homeland Security and the feds. It was like 100 people. And they're all going to get her good. We all knew that. Just lying. <laughs> we knew they were going to get you good in the words of our dear Shania Twain I'm in a Shania Twain mode because also I was watching this episode and they all arrived at that Vail, Colorado house which was stunning by the way but the people that ran that house they must have signed some sort of deal that they had to be on screen because when I saw them uh, I think Meredith was the first one at that house and we saw this woman, she was wearing a cowboy hat, and she was like the, I don't know, the person who ran the house or something? I don't know, I guess we'll get to her in my notes. But I I was like, what is that woman wearing? Her, oh, her name was Crystal Wilson. She was the experience coordinator in a cowboy hat and a dress. And I was like, girl, you look like you're going to Shania Twain concert. And meanwhile, you're on The Real Housewives after one of the main guest members just got arrested at a Botox facility. <sighs> or just outside. I shouldn't. I keep saying she got arrested at the Botox facility. She didn't actually. She was on the freeway or something. She got caught on the freeway. Then we learned all these. I mean, you guys, this episode. I, I'm, I'm living. I'm living. We didn't even talk about Mary. Mary had to call Robert Sr. Robert Sr. broke it all down for her. And then she didn't believe him. But then when she saw it on the news, she believed it because she hates that man she's married to, her step grandfather. I mean, so we don't even quite know. It's like Mary doesn't trust anything. And we don't know exactly what Mary knew. Mary, did you know? Oh, you guys, I know, I'm just living. I'm living. I don't even know where... To... <sighs> we didn't even get the taglines this week because they knew that it was too intense to give us the taglines. We're not interested in hearing Jen Shah show up on screen and say something about being shamazing. We know she was arrested, so we don't want to hear her say she's shamazing while she's in a bridal gown uh, twirling for the opening credits of this TV show. They can't do it because this was an intense episode. This was a documentary. This was a murder mystery, a, I don't know what we call it. This was a real documentary film. This is cinema verte. And so they couldn't have the opening taglines of them holding a CGI uh, snowflake. That wouldn't work with this episode because it was just too good. It was just too good. It was too intense. And we got the feds here. We got... Uh, people's blurred out faces who work for the government. There were guns. I, at one point, I saw that they were showed ring light footage of guns at Jen Shah's uh, chalet that she rents, the chalet number two or whatever numbered chalet she's on. I'm not sure which, I can't recall which chalet she's on and pretending to live in that's rented. Uh, but they showed up, they grabbed that ring camera footage, and Matt was watching, my boyfriend, you know, he suddenly is into the assoys now, he's addicted. I couldn't get him to watch for the longest time, and now all of a sudden that these shows are a murder mystery, now he's sitting down, relaxed with me, and he's like, pausing it, he's like, pause it, and he's like, explaining things to me. <laughs> like, when the fuck did you get all into this? But that's, that's how good it is. No one can resist this. And I feel bad for anyone who's not watching this program. I honestly, anyone out there who's got significant others, brothers, sisters, parents, uh, cousins, whoever's not watching it, you sometimes you talk, tell people you talk about Bravo or you uh, are around a dinner table, you bring up Bravo and they judge you. They judge you. They say, oh, you're watching those housewives. That's a whatever kind of show. That's a bad, uh, it's a guilty pleasure, whatever. Well, you know, fuck that because this is one of the best produced television episodes I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, uh, Mad Men wishes Breaking Bad could never. They could never. Sopranos. I love me some Sopranos, but Tony Soprano ain't got nothing on Jen Shah on the run uh, from a Botox parking lot. Come on. It's just, it's, it's insane. You can't write this kind of thing. I feel so grateful to the Bravo gods. And of course, I know these are real live people, and they did bamboozle some elderly, apparently. On the other franchise, we got them bamboozling orphans and widows, and now Jen Shah's over here bamboozling allegedly old people and grabbing their credit card information and just charging, charging, charging. And that's why I look into my credit card. I've been, you know, I don't like, I keep a good eye on my credit cards and the whole bank accounts and everything. You got to watch it. Because I'm not going to let uh, Jen Shah trick me. I'm not going to let her fool me because they could fool anyone now that I'm seeing they're fooling the old people. And I feel bad for these old people because they don't know. 
they don't know. My parents aren't even that old, and they call me all the time. They're like, oh, I got an email that said I should give the credit card. Should I? And I'm like, no, ma. Like, don't do that. You know, you got to be careful. But they're all trying to fool people, and now we know who's fooling. It's like when you get the spam emails. If you ever look in your spam folder, it's like a, a Russian hooker's emailing you, and then it's someone looking for your bank account info. There's someone with the sob story saying, look, I'm from some other country, and I uh, can't get my kid back. And they're like, give me your bank account. And it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But that's apparently uh, maybe Stu Chains and Jen Shah emailing us. I guess the feds and the law are going to figure it all out. We don't have quite the answers yet, but we do have a great episode of TV. Okay, so let's just start... I say start, we're already 10 minutes in, you guys. we got to get going. (laughs) So much to talk about. Okay, so we start, we open with 9.33 a.m. And we got some new graphics. We got an amazing score. The music music cues on this week and last week is honestly just unreal to me. It's unreal to me. Here in L.A., there's this place called the Hollywood Bowl. And oftentimes they have people like James Horner or like John Williams and... uh, people who do these epic movie scores for Spielberg and Martin Scorsese and all the, And honestly, I would like the Hollywood Bowl to put on a concert of just Housewives musical stuff because this score in this week, the musical cues, the background, the instrumental orchestration, uh, flawless, flawless. And so we, Jen is on the run. She told everyone that her husband, uh, Coach Shaw, got some internal bleeding, which that's going to come to back to bite her in the ass. I believe in karma. And so Jen, uh, Coach Shaw, I'm sure, isn't happy about that. And again, I say karma is coming. I believe karma, 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 come like chameleon. And that, to me, means it's coming. <laughs> that song, to me, I can't remember the lyrics exactly, but I'm choosing to believe that it means karma's coming. Uh, okay, so then Homeland Security, we see a close-up of of the glasses. We see a production assistant with a... Okay, this is interesting. We got to talk about this for at least, I don't know, an hour and 25 minutes. There's a production assistant that's outside the big stripper bus that they're all going and the man Kevin is the driver. So they're at the beauty lab and laser at 9.30 a.m. And the Homeland Security's all there. We're seeing all these close-ups. They're blurred out, but there was also like a production person. I don't know if it was assistant, producer, who it was. But it was this young lady and she was wearing a sweatshirt that said Friday Energy Sweatshirt. Because I paused it. I was trying to see, like, okay, who is that? What's their shirt say? One of them said HSI. When you're looking for the NYPD. You're looking for the FBI. I'm looking at all the the shirts. I'm looking, just trying to figure out, like, who are all these people that are blurred out? And then I'm looking at one of them, and it says Friday Energy Sweatshirt. And it was, like, a, a novelty sweatshirt. And it was just making me... I was picturing, like... I don't know if you guys have ever been to Myrtle Beach, but you go to this place called Broadway at the Beach, and you, they got all them t-shirt shops, and you could get something that says FBI, Female Body Inspector. And I was just cracking up thinking of, like, it's a good thing that production person didn't wear a shirt that said FBI, Female Body Inspector, because then they would have been, it would have all been just an image of all the FBI, and we would have saw, like, oh, that's FBI, that's Homeland Security, and that's the Female Body Inspector. Which, by the way, those shirts were misogynistic. I think we can all look back and agree <laughs> I mean, and by the way, I wasn't inspecting anybody's when I was going on a spring break with my friends in college. Uh Uh-uh, not interested. I was inspecting the male form uh, on the beach, but I certainly wasn't looking around Myrtle Beach and inspecting the female bodies, because you know what? They don't impress me that much. That don't impress me much. (laughs) I feel like I need to slow down. I need to slow down. I'm talking a mile a minute. You guys are going to say, what's Danny on? And I'll tell you what I'm on. I'm on the hit of serotonin that this episode of television gave me. I I am. That's what I'm on. That's exactly what I'm on. Uh, but anyway, so I'm glad for that production assistant, although I don't think she loved that she wore the Friday Energy sweatshirt because we all know what Friday Energy sweatshirt, that means like this is the, the work day that she's like, okay, I'm just going to phone it in. So that woman went into the work day thinking she's just going to phone it in. They're just going to hop on this big-ass bus and drive to Vail. No big deal. And then she shows up for work, and that was more Monday Energy. That was some Monday energy if I ever saw it, because that, with the FBI showing up in the 15-minute Botox parking at Beauty Lab and Laser, that was not Friday energy. That was Monday energy. And there's a difference. There's one thing I've learned from Garfield comics. It's that Monday energy is different than Friday energy. And that's something I'm also learning from this production assistant who wore a Friday energy sweatshirt. Uh, and again, I'm just grateful she didn't wear a female body inspector. And I hope that they don't even sell those type of sweatshirts on the Myrtle Beach t-shirt stands 
I'm hoping that Broadway at the Beach, Barefoot Landing, and Myrtle Beach, if you ever go there, if you're someone who runs a t-shirt shop over that part of town, maybe just look at your shirts. And I think we should all take a moment. Really, this culturally, I know we're looking at a lot of things these days. There's this whole, people are talking about cancel culture and all this stuff. And one of the things that I need, think we need to take a closer look at is those t-shirt shops. Because they've gone too far. They've gone too far. And quite honestly, I think we should put aside some of the other stuff and just focus on those for a, a, at least a minute or two. I, I'm not saying we should push aside all the issues because we, Lord knows we got a lot to work on in this country and beyond. I'm just saying let's, let's take our focus. Let's look at those t-shirt shops, whether they be at the Jersey Shore, Florida, wherever. Our tourist spaces, Hilton Head, I don't know, just uh, here even in uh, Santa Monica Beach, wherever you are, if you are looking at these t-shirt shops, we need to take a closer look at these sayings on them because they've gone too far. It's just too much. And I've had it. I've had it. I've had it. Uh, Okay, so what are we talking about? Oh, no taglines. Heather wants to call Jen in case she's on the run. She wants to give her a heads up and everyone's like, Heather, don't do that. And everyone seems to get it except for Heather. Like, Heather was the only one who was just, like, not understanding. And I, like, that's part of what I love about Heather is, like, they all understood that Jen was doing some really crazy shit because of the Homeland Security was after her. And Heather's like, what's going on? Like, maybe should I give her a call? And they're like, no, you shouldn't give her a call because the whole country's after her. Like, the whole whole fucking world's after her. And then uh, Heather starts crying. Then Lisa tried to cry. She tried to squeak out a tear. She couldn't. She put the head. She put the glasses right on when she was trying to cry. Did you notice that? She put the glasses on, and she's like, "Oh, oh, I can't, oh, oh!" And it was like, "Lisa, you're not squeaking out a tear." She didn't know how to react though. She was calling the lawyers. She had six attorneys on the phone. She called John. She called the six attorneys. Meanwhile, Jenny's just got her legs up. She's having a snack in one hand. And they had so many fucking snacks on that camera, on that bus, by the way. And I don't, I have questions about that too. I know we're all focused on what the FBI knew, what Jen Shah knew, but I'd like to talk about that loaf of bread that was on that bus. Why was there a loaf of bread on that bus? It was a four hour drive, a four hour drive to Vail. And it looked like they had a chef when they arrived at Vail. They had, the whole nine. So what are we doing with the loaf of bread on the bus? I understand bringing some snacks, which by the way, they had too many snacks for four or five women on a bus. Those women don't go through all those snacks. They had a bag of Doritos. They had uh, bottles and bottles of Vita tequila. I've never seen so much Vita tequila uh, in my life. I mean, the amount of Vita tequila promo that that woman got. I mean, God bless. Bethany Franco wishes she got that kind of Vita tequila promo for her ham. I mean, Lisa Barlow really had that in every frame I saw. When the whole ride there, she had it in frame. But there was also a loaf of bread. And I don't get why they had a loaf of bread. What, are they making a sandwich? They're going to stop and make a sandwich while the other castmates on the run? I mean, I don't, honestly. Do they have deli meat for that sandwich? Maybe they had some skinny girl ham or bologna in there. And uh, we're planning on making sandwiches on the way. But usually when you go on a road trip, you either pre-make the sandwich... Or you get a sandwich when you arrive, but you don't bring a loaf of bread and cook or make a sandwich on a bus. I cannot believe my eyes when I saw that loaf of bread, that stray loaf of bread. That shook me to my core more than anything else. I know they were giving us the timestamps. We love a timestamp on these housewives. Timestamps means it's a good episode. Uh, But I paused it. I was like looking, I was because I was trying to jot down notes. And then all of a sudden I see this big ass loaf of bread. I'm like, what they got Wonder Bread on the bus for? Who's making a sandwich? I'm honestly, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a sandwich more than the next person. I love, give me a good salami. You know, my favorite thing ever since I was a little kid, I love a salami sandwich, just salami, Munster cheese. It's going to sound gross to a lot of you people, but I, I, this is, I shouldn't even tell you guys cause you're all going to judge me and be disgusted. But I used to make it when I was little and I love it still a salami, just salami Munster cheese on bread. And you put it in the microwave for like 30 seconds, just a little, make it warm. Mm guys, it's my favorite thing still to this day. And I I know you're all judging me. I get you're all judging me. Let's go back to judging these women though. Let's turn that, turn that judgment around and put it on these women who are on the run. So then meanwhile, those women are all driving. They took Jen's snacks because Jen went on the run. She even take her bag of snacks, which I actually was feeling some sympathy for Jen Shaw. I know she tricked all these old people and uh, stole their money and information. 
Uh, but she forgot her snacks. And honestly, when you're on the run, when you're in a car trip, whatever, you need your snacks. And so I did feel bad. And I'm not sure if she brought that loaf of bread, but she didn't have it with her. But could you imagine if Homeland Security pulled her over and she just had a loaf of bread? They'd be like, what the fuck is this? They'd think something was, something else was happening. Something else was happening. Meanwhile, at 10, 12 a.m., Meredith arrives at the rental in go-go boots and a skirt. I mean, men's shirt, short skirts. This episode's got everything. Let's go, girls. <laughs> men's shirt. That's a lyric from that song. Men's shirt, short skirts. Uh-oh. By the way, Shania Twain, can we talk about this for, I don't know, nine minutes? Uh, Shania Twain barks in that song. She said, uh, she's like, and man, I feel like a woman. And she goes, She's barking like she sounds like, you know, when you get a puppy and you're trying to crate train them or whatever in the other room. (laughs) I swear that's what Shania Twain does in the recording booth. They're like, just bark like a dog. And then she did it. And honestly, it was iconic. Nothing better than that song. And I think I told you guys I once got kicked out of a Shania Twain concert in Las Vegas because I was standing up singing after one too many vodka sodas. Man, I feel like a woman and I don't regret anything. Not a minute of it. But Meredith, that's his Vail rental in those go-go boots. And then Krista, she's the home renter who's showing it off. And it was so clearly this was a paid ad, but I didn't care because this is a beautiful house. I would have liked an even longer tour of the house, like an architectural digest. You know, those are my favorite things. Go to the YouTube channel. If you never watched them, go watch immediately when you get off here. I know I've told this on the story on the podcast before. Go watch the architectural digest tours, specifically the guy from Breaking Bad. What's his name? Uh, Aaron Paul. Go look at his house. It's like the it's a wintry, gorgeous, stunning mansion. A designer named Jake Arnold did it, and he's like amazing. But it's like my favorite, the most amazing, beautiful house. Go look at it right away. Look at it immediately. Like you will sell it. Honestly, they need to film a movie in that house. Aaron Paul's, especially he's got winter vibes. I mean, if you like Salt Lake City Housewives, you'll love this house tour. It's just my favorite thing. And then there's some other weird. There's some other weird. Uh, house tours and sometimes I don't like them. Sometimes I look you look at them and you're like what the fuck is that? Mandy Moore. <laughs> no, I love Mandy Moore's house. That was just a bad example. But some of them you side eye them a little bit. You side eye. Anyway, so Krista's showing us around then Crystal Wilson, she's the experience coordinator in the cowboy hat and the dress. And then meanwhile back on the stripper bus, they're all talking about how slow Jen was to leave and now they're all piecing the puzzles together. And they're talking about how who told who. Lisa says she's a there were only seven people who knew about this trip besides our husbands. And I'm okay, Lisa, I love Lisa Barlow, but there definitely was more people that knew about this than seven people. And I, I don't even know if I should say this, you know, I hesitate to even bring it to the microphone, but have we, in terms of who tipped off the feds, have we ruled out? I shouldn't even say it. Have we ruled out Andy Cohen? We love Andy Cohen. And honestly, I'd be happy if he did it because somebody needed to do it. I'm just saying, have we ruled it out? Because I would imagine somebody within the Bravo Spear might have been the one to leak it to the feds. And if it was Andy, I would like to say thank you, Andy. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you, Andy. He's already given us so much. And then if it was him to do it, I'm sure he knew. I'm sure he knew they were going. Something was happening. And so uh, I don't know if we've ruled him out. Meredith, I think, is still our our number one suspect, because that woman, at first, this whole season leading up, we even had Meredith on this podcast. I interviewed her a couple weeks ago. And I said, do you tip off the feds? And she jokingly said, yeah. And I thought we were all just playing this big joke. I thought this whole thing, I thought it was like a pre-season joke that like, oh, maybe Meredith tipped off the feds. And now I'm like, no, I think Meredith tipped off the feds. I think her her and Brooks, uh, she they got engaged with the feds and just called them up and said, hey, let's talk. And they talked. And I'm not sure what I'm not sure what exactly happened with that conversation, but I do believe actually that maybe it was Meredith. And Lisa does too. Lisa told the lawyer it was Meredith. And then Whitney's explaining what lead internet so she's gotta explain like what Jen Shah does. And she's saying about the lead internet, which I still don't really quite understand. But uh, then they reveal that Jen Shah spent eighty thousand on Meredith's party from last season. There was like a stripper pole party where they were, Jen Shaw was throwing out $100 bills, and we're getting all this information that I had no idea about. Because I think that was the most exciting thing about this episode, because we knew that she got arrested, but then we're learning all these other little details that they kept from us. 
And it's always best on Housewives when they surprise us with something. Which, by the way, I don't know if I should be saying this, but I saw the Real Houses Orange County premiere. And I'm not going to spoil anything, because again, I like things that are surprised. But I was surprised by the premiere of next season. And I'm not going to say any more, but it's good. It's good. And we'll talk about it when it comes on, but I just want I want to excite you guys. Like, I want you guys to know. And I would tell you if it's bad. We didn't even cover it last season, by the way, because it was shit. It was shit. I went on record saying it was shit. And I said, I'm not going to I'm not going to cover that season, but we're going to cover this season because it looks good. The first episode was good and we'll talk about it when it comes. But I try to be honest with you guys, because then if I say it's good and then you guys say it's shit, you're going to yell at me. And I don't like to be yelled at on the Internet. I know some of you like to do it anyway, but I don't like it. Um, anyway, what are we talking about? Then Whitney is explaining this. At 1135, they stop to go number two at a rest stop. Whitney and Heather stay in the stripper bus, and they say that Lisa's acting guilty. So while Jenny and Lisa are go taking a deuce at the rest stop, these two, Weather, are on the bus talking about how Lisa's acting guilty. And then later, Lisa's saying that this person, she's saying, she's acting guilty. How does Whitney know all this? And they're starting to turn on each other. And it's fantastic. It's fa- fascinating, fantastic, all of the things. Meanwhile, twelve oh five. That's when we see the ring light, the ring camera. And I didn't know this. Matt was the one who told me that. I told you he was sitting watching with me. He made me pause it and he said, "Look, they can sell the rights to the ring cameras, and police can get the footage." So all police, we have the ring cameras in our doorway, and apparently anyone could get that footage now. I guess it's like, I don't know if it's public. He was explaining to me, but I wasn't quite listening. You know, I just sort of tune him out sometimes. <laughs> but he was saying something about how the, anyone could get the footage. Uh, and then, okay, what else is going on? That was when Whitney's like, I got the fucking chills. I have the no. chills. When she, when she read the news on the internet. And then Lisa's saying she feels bad for Stu. And I'm like, what do we feel bad for? And that's when they're all trying to cry. Whitney's like, it's a fraud. It's money laundering. She's been arrested. She's in custody. She's explained it to us. Jenny doesn't give a fuck. They're all huddling, crying. They were all crying, just sitting huddling. And not Jenny. She was having a lollipop or something. Whitney said she re- she revealed that she thought Jen had a sugar daddy. And then Whitney's like, well, I had one. And I was like, well, are we going to dive into this? Like on any other franchise or season, we would be diving into that for at least 20 episodes. That would be like a whole season worth. But we're just breezing past it. Uh, you guys, so much is happening. It's all happening. Sheena Shea was right. Her her arm was right. Heather uh, didn't think it was illegal. She said all of Jen's business practice, she thought just thought were unsavory. And apparently they would select vulnerable people and sell their data. Whitney's explaining it. She's a genius queen. I'm loving that Whitney's explaining it. Uh, Lisa, meanwhile, is still just wearing that Muppet jacket. Uh, we, I, we didn't even really get to talk about that Muppet jacket. And so then now we're at 120 p.m. we see the police with the guns and production's asking the police production showed up at the Shah chalet so they're filming the police trying to raid the house or get in the house and production's like what are you guys doing here you know they're really trying to be calm cool and collected and i love that for the bravo producers whoever was on camera that day they were filming the homeland security and they were real calm just being like so what you guys up to it was like <laughs> they thought they were fooling homeland security production the editors or whoever was at that house that day on the Bravo side, they just showed up. They all had those guns at the Shah Chalet and production was just like trying to act real chill. You know, when you, you know inside that you're not chill, but on the outside, you're trying to like over course correct your chillness or if does that make any sense? And so the Bravo's just like, so what you guys up to? What are you doing here? And they're like, coming here to get Jen Shah. Just like I should, I'll get you good. <laughs> they're coming to get you good. We got to take a quick break here. We'll be back with more after this commercial break. But before we go, I want to recommend that everyone pre-order my book. It's called How Do I Unremember This? It's available March 8th of next year, but you can pre-order it now. There's a link in the episode description, or you go to Amazon, Walmart, Target.com, go to IndieBound.org and order it from your local bookseller. And then a lot of you are asking me about the audiobook, which is available for pre-order now as well through Audible or Amazon. So pre-order that. I feel so gross asking you guys to do that every episode, but I got to do the promo. Just like I should. I'll get you good. Get it good. We'll be right back. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. 2.36 p.m. Meredith still has no idea. She says, they call her. And she says, I don't even know what's going on. She's at the Vale house. And I'm like, somebody had to have told Meredith. Because she had her phone. And she's like, oh, I I haven't had my phone. And it's like, Meredith. Wouldn't you have gotten texts? Like, I feel like everybody must have been text Meredith. I don't go uh, more than five minutes without my phone in my hands checking Instagram. Surely she would have saw it because you know those Bravo's accounts on Instagram. You can't get anything past a Bravo meme account uh, or Twitter account because the Bravo fan accounts, they're quicker than the law at this point. They will get something up. I mean, anytime you notice that anytime a new Bravo trailer drops or there's something trouble with the law or something, those meme accounts have uh, the news up in real time. Honestly, uh, the news stations, news organizations need to start hiring some Bravo fan accounts. If ABC News had uh, Queens of Bravo on their team, then maybe uh, they would get some more breaking news. But these Bravo fan accounts, they get to it. They get to it because nothing's getting past us. Nothing's getting past a Bravo fan. And so, honestly, I believe that Meredith could have logged into Instagram and seen it on 100 meme pages that Jen Shah, her castmate, was arrested, but she's trying to pretend she didn't know. And I don't believe it. I don't believe that anyone on production didn't tell her. She's like, honestly, I'm not surprised by this. Because they they tell her over the phone, they're like, okay, so there's just like a SWAT team. She's like, well, this doesn't surprise me. And then she's smiling too through it. I mean, she gave a better performance as the Joker than Jared Leto did in The Suicide Squad. I mean, Jared Leto wishes he had something on Meredith Marks because she was smiling through it. You could see that it whites in her teeth. I saw gum. I saw her gums in her uh, when Meredith was smiling this episode. It was like Tim Curry in Home Alone 2 just smiling when he got that credit card and found out Kevin McAllister was bamboozling the hotel. I mean, that's how she was smiling this whole episode when she found out that that woman was getting caught by the FBI and Homeland Security. She was never been happier. She's laughing. She gets off the phone. She's telling him, she's like, ah, it's just validating to me. She didn't care. She's like, yeah, it seems like that's what I guessed would happen. And it's like, that's what you guessed would happen. And then then she gets off the phone with the other gals and she's like, okay, love you guys. See you soon. Smooch. And she does a smooch. She smooches at him. I have the chill. She smooched at him on the phone. She said, smooches. And I'm like, Meredith Marks uh, giving smooches at the screen. I loved it. I loved it. Meanwhile, 316 at the courthouse, we see Jen coming out of the courthouse. And uh, this was when over on the bus, we see the loaf of bread. And they also had tons of donuts, too. I didn't didn't mention that earlier, but they did have a lot of donuts. And Heather says what she knows about money laundering is all from the TV show Ozarks on Netflix, which I started and watched season one, liked it, and then never did anymore. I think a lot of us can relate, right? You start a show and you like it, but you just don't watch anymore. Sometimes you just forget, you don't know where you were, and sometimes you're just not interested in watching anymore. Sometimes one season's enough. And I loved Ozarks, and I'm sure if I watch more of it, I'd love it too. But season one, I stopped and I said, that's enough for me, I think. And I moved on. But Heather didn't, and so she knows how to launder money now. And I think we all learn things from TV shows. We learn things from Bravo. Heather Gay learns things from Ozarks and Netflix. We all get lessons in our entertainment. And that I appreciate. I appreciate. So then uh, the women are starting to turn on each other. Lisa says it's strange how Whitney knows how to launder money. And they start doing Bible verses and saying something about Bible verses. 
And then this whole time, I mean, we're at this point, I think maybe halfway in the episode or something, and I'm waiting, I'm like, what does Sister Mary think about this whole thing? Because I want to know if there's anything I I want a camera on, it's Mary getting real-time news updates. And so finally, Mary arrives at this Vale house, because she didn't want to ride on the bus. She's like, fuck these hoes. (laughs) She's like, I'm not going on the bus with these women. And so she flew, and she arrives emeritus in the bath with the bubble beard, and Mary says, it's not proper etiquette. She says etiquette. She doesn't know how to say etiquette. Etiquette. It's like when people say cold slaw with a D instead of cold slaw. I will not be having it. Mary, we need you to say etiquette. And I know you guys yell at me all the time, too. I know I say things. People DM me, and they're like, oh, it's, it's you and me, or it should be Meredith and me instead of Meredith and I. People yell at me, and it's so annoying. You guys, don't do that, by the way. Because this, I'm just talking off the cuff here. I'm not writing this down. I'm not writing what I'm saying here. So, I, I yeah, I might talk in poor grammar. Get in or get off the ride. Whether or not you want to listen to this podcast, I understand if you don't. But I'm not going to have perfect grammar all the time because I'm just talking off the cuff about women on the run from the law from Botox parking lot. So my grammar is not going to be great. If you want perfect grammar, go tune into NPR. I'm sure Terry Gross, we love her. Terry Gross will give that to you, but not here on Everything Iconic. We're talking off the cuff. So get in or get off the ride. Uh, Okay, so what else? Oh, so yeah, but Mary, I am pissed about her saying etiquette. So I know I just gave you that whole thing, but now I'm going to talk about how Mary needs to learn how to say etiquette. (laughs) I don't make sense on here. So Robert Sr. again just told her, and then Mary's like, I didn't believe him, but then I seen it on the news, and I thought, this is real. Because she didn't believe that man she's married to, that old grandpa. She's not interested in what he has to say. She hates him with all of her being. And then Meredith says to her, she's not surprised. She's sitting. I don't even know how long Meredith was in that tub. I'm sure that Meredith, when she got out of that tub, she probably had the, the crinkly old fingers, you know, when you're in the tub too long and your fingers start to look decrepit, like something like all dried out. I mean, Meredith had to have been so dry. She had to have been like Jennifer Aniston dry when she got out of that tub because she was in there for upwards of an hour, over an hour, because I was looking at the timestamps. I was like, Meredith's relaxing the tub. And I don't know about you all, but when I get in the tub, which I my current place, we don't have a tub here, uh, but I love taking a bath. And when I could take a bath, I get in for 10 minutes, you know, relax for 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes. But over an hour plus, it's too long. You're just sitting in your filth for an hour plus, Meredith Marks. And so I would just encourage her, maybe be careful because you get dried out. Get dried out. I hope she had some Aveeno, some eye drops, some smart water, all the things that Jennifer Aniston promotes. I hope she had when she got out of that tub because surely she was dry. Surely she was dry. Uh, but she is just talking. She's happy. Mary is so happy. Uh, she's learned about all this information. She's talking about how uh, Jen is so corrupt. And I'm thinking, like, uh oh. Like, we haven't even gotten into the Mary Church stuff. <laughs> So it's like, we're, Mary's like, oh yeah, like this is so bad. I can't believe she did all that stuff. And I'm like, well, Mary, what do you know? Mary, did you know? What do you know about that church? Because I feel like there's some corruption there. I'm just saying, maybe I'm wrong. In the previews for next week, there's something about that man uh, paid $300,000. We'll get into that next week. But uh, apparently that man who was set up by Lisa Barlow to arrive at the her son Jack's shampoo event, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say when I was a professional in college. Uh, but Jack had a shampoo event, and Lisa had that man come in who was talking about Mary's church, and apparently he gave $300,000 to Mary's church and then never saw it again or something. I don't know. We're going to find out next week. Going to find out next week. Then 4.56 p.m., uh, let's see, they talk about Jenny versus Mary and Whitney versus Mary, and they all just like give up on those feuds. They're like, those aren't going to happen this week. We're going to be talking about Jen Shaw. <laughs> and the women must all be so relieved because when a season's happening, I-, I would imagine the pressure on the housewives to deliver both a personal story and a group story is a lot, especially in a new, this was season two of a show. So there must have been enormous pressure on all of them. Like, we we can't fuck this up or, or we'll go by way of Dallas, right? Like, if we screw up this season, we got one shot here. And if we deliver a bad season, they're going to cancel us like they did that uh, those Dallas wives after they had a messy season. And so it's a lot of pressure. And so it must be a relief for these other women to know, okay, well, we got a good season. We don't going to worry about anything. That's how I feel like the Beverly, Hill, Beverly Hills gals were, too, because they knew they didn't have to do much. Because it was going to be all focused, which I'm worried about Beverly Hills. You guys, I hate to say it. I'm a little worried about them. 
I'm a little worried. I saw some interviews that Teddy Mellencamp is inexplicably doing for Extra or Access Hollywood now. She's a correspondent with dark brown hair. And look, I didn't know we got Teddy Mellencamp off the show and now she's going to be an Access Hollywood or Extra. I don't know which one it is, but there's plenty of other people. Hire me to do those interviews. Anyone, literally anyone else. I mean, I think that probably that that show thought, oh, we'll get Teddy and she'll be able to get some good, juicy interviews. To that, I say, why? <laughs> is it worth it? To that, I say, is it worth it? Uh, anyway, God bless. Where were we at here? Oh, oh, so Beverly Hills, I'm a little worried about it. I don't know why. I just have a little worry in the pit of my stomach about next season. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. So then uh, they all arrive at this house. And again, I wrote in my notes, how long has Meredith been in that fucking bath? It's got to be uh, over an hour long. Mary goes to get to her room and she jumps on the bed like a little kid, like she was Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 1. Look what you did, you little jerk. Meanwhile, Lisa and Jenny got to go to the lower level. Lisa's like, the fun girls go downstairs. The fun girls go downstairs. I love Lisa Marlowe. Whitney's pissed about the feng shui. She says it's off. And Heather's like, don't worry about it. We got an open window. We can escape if they come and get us. And then 6, 11 p.m., Lisa's on the phone with her husband. Mary's on the phone with her step-grandfather slash husband. And uh, Robert Sr. says they have weapons, which means it's an intense, uh, an intense thing going on. It's not some little thing. Robert Sr.'s right, too. He's right. He says there's guns. They don't do that if it's just some little thing. Then Dewey says, Dewey, we hate that man. He says she was ratted out by someone. And we're all got to figure out who it was, even though we know it's Meredith, maybe Andy Cohen, and maybe both of them. Who knows? Maybe they're in cahoots. Honestly, I don't know who did it, but I'm happy that they did. Uh, especially if it comes to be true, because I don't. We don't want anyone bamboozling older people who are vulnerable. It's unacceptable. Just by the way, I feel like we need to point that out. If these things are true, it's completely unacceptable. It's just gross behavior. Lock them up. Uh, it's all alleged at this point, but lock them up. Put them in the clink. Anyway, Mary, meanwhile, doesn't want to bother with Jenny. She doesn't even want to acknowledge that Jenny's on this cast. Mary's not interested. I believe that Mary will always be in season one spiritually. Do you get what I mean? Like, I don't think she'll ever acknowledge anyone that comes onto this franchise. She's barely acknowledging the people that she was cast with for season one, let alone she's going to acknowledge somebody else. She's not interested. So the thing with Jenny is just going to go by the wayside because Mary's not interested. Then we got the Chef Jay. They're showing some food porn. It looks delicious. And Mary says, I wouldn't wish what's going on with Jen on anyone, but sometimes you have things coming. That's what she said. That's what she said, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, 8.41 p.m., they're all sitting around the dinner table, and Meredith's like, so what does everybody think? You know, she's smiling like the Joker there, too. And she's like, what does everybody think? And apparently, they arrested Jen Shaw on the side of the road. Heather thought she turned herself in, but no, they like caught her on the side of the road. They caught her on the side of the road. Those uh, feds weren't fucking around. They knew they were going to get her, so they pulled her over on the side of the road. Just like I should, I'll get you good. They got her good. They got her good, ladies and gentlemen. They got her good on the side of the motherfucking road. Then uh, Meredith says this has been years in the making. She says something happened in 2012, or this has been going on since 2012. Mary says she's reaping. Apparently, they talk about her scamming the old people. And Meredith, uh, Mary says, I never saw nothing good in her because I knew what she was capable of. <gasps> and that's when we get into just like all these things. They all have stories. There was this thing that happened with Meredith in late September where she had eight missed calls and she wasn't at her store. And Jen was trying to get into Meredith's store. She finally got in. And then one of Jen's people, assistants or whoever, stole a green clutch. And then they called. Mary. Uh, Meredith called Jen and was like, hey, you stole a green clutch. And can you bring it back tomorrow? And then Jen kept the person who stole the green clutch. It was a snakeskin's clutch. Uh, yeah, Lisa said she loves them. And they had the video footage of it. So Meredith's telling the story about how some guy went in and stole the green snakeskin uh, clutch. And then we see the footage. I have the no. chills. No. I couldn't believe it. I got the fucking chills. I couldn't believe it. And then Meredith said there were other red flags. Apparently, Jen was red flagged in the Louis Vuitton store because she always pays cash. And Lisa's like, being red flagged at Louis Vuitton would be far worse than feds at my door. <laughs> I like that Lisa's just still doing comedy in her confessional. She's going to be like Jerry Seinfeld, whether whether somebody in the cast is getting arrested by the feds or not. 
Lisa's going to give us a joke. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Then Heather said that Jen... Okay, so her and Jen were out to dinner, and then Heather, or she was over Heather's house. Heather got the Uber, and apparently Jen got out of the Uber on an intersection, and they were like, why did she get off there? And then Lisa says that someone met up with her, another guy, but Lisa's being really hush-hush about it. And Whitney even says, if we don't share what we know, we're in danger. Whitney's trying to get this out of Lisa, because Lisa's being real cryptic about what's going on. And even Jenny's like, what are you trying to say? Like, what do you mean? What are you trying to say? And Lisa's got some information. There's uh, allegedly some other man, too. I feel like they're all sort of skirting around some sort of a cheating issue. And Coach Shaw, I don't know if he knows about this, but I'd wonder now, is he going to leave? Because he's going to watch these things, and he's going to be like, well, what the fuck? Were you cheating on me? Because I'm I'm guessing that she was cheating. There was something earlier in the episode where they said, oh, she had another man, and now Lisa's alleging or, or hinting at another man. Obviously, there was another man that was involved in this whole thing. And so she was very clearly cheating on Coach Shaw, who we know Coach Shaw is always away all the time, and he's got a busy coaching job. But he must be watching this. First, his wife says she's got he's got internal bleeding, and now he's finding out that she's cheating on him. And so, what's next? What's next, ladies and gentlemen? What is next? Uh, well, what is next is next week's episode, which I can't wait for. This was truly one of the most thrilling episodes of all time. Next week, we get some costumes, Mary versus Whitney. We get more information on that Mary's church thing. And then we find out that Meredith hired a private investigator. <sighs> do you guys think that Meredith tipped off the feds? Or do you think the feds just maybe knew? Maybe nobody tipped them off. Maybe it was just like they found out on their own. But the way that Meredith was talking, it just felt like she did. And I... <laughs> I never believed it before, and now all of a sudden I'm watching. I'm like, oh, yeah, she did it. So, I'm, <sighs> you guys, I don't know what's going on, but I'm loving it. I'm ba da ba 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 loving it. Loving it. Uh, I, I can't believe this is something we get to watch unfold on screen. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Shall we just take a moment to talk about Potomac? I'm not recapping the Potomac reunion in full, but we did get part two. Next week is part three. And the only thing I did want to say, I thought it was interesting how they did briefly touch on Robin's poop schedule. Now, this was a very short, quick little moment that happened and the Potomac reunion where it was like in between a commercial break. You know how they give us those little moments where it's like Andy or, or the girls talking to each other where they don't know they're on screen. And Meredith, or um, I'm sorry, Robin was talking about how she couldn't go number two. She got constipated. And then they talk about her schedule. She says, normally I go twice. She says, I go when I wake up and then I go around, I think she said noon or whatever time it was. It was like two times early in the day. And they left that in. And I just can't really figure out why. 
I can't really figure out why, because oftentimes I do like those little moments where it feels like we're a fly on the wall, right? Like I like those in-between moments where it feels like we're at the reunion with them, where we see behind the scenes, we see the cameras, or they go into the dressing rooms. You know, Andy's always headed in the dressing rooms at the beginning of the reunion saying like, hey, Candace, how are you? Hey, what's up, Giselle? So I like those fly on the wall moments, but this one was just strange to me because it was like, oh, Robin couldn't poop, and then she poops twice a day, and that's her schedule, and it's odd that she can't do it. And I thought, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what? I thought maybe we don't need that. I, uh, that was something that didn't impress me much. That don't impress me much. Hearing about Robin's number two schedule, something that didn't impress me much. I'm just saying, maybe. I hate to, again, criticize the Bravo editors because I know they're brilliant people, but I just thought maybe we could have gotten some other kind of moment there without getting into Robin's number two schedule. It's just not interesting to me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe you guys liked it. I'm not sure. I didn't quite care for it. And then what else happened in the reunion? It was nice to see Giselle and Karen have a nice little moment. And obviously, they have a deep relationship. And Giselle cried even talking about Karen. And now... I, I always say I, I like the frenemy that level that they are, but now I kind of want to see them team up and just become the dynamic duo that I know they could be next season. So I'm hoping that that's what happens because I loved seeing that little spark between the two of them. It made me feel something we haven't seen in a while, and so I'm very excited about that. Okay, you guys, I uh, that's that's Housewives. That's all I got for you guys um, this week. I do want to encourage you to check out my holiday podcast. It's called The Very Merry Iconic Podcast. And you could subscribe uh, wherever you listen to these podcasts. Make sure you hit subscribe and follow. I want to thank Acast for uh, this, for hosting Everything Iconic. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic for all episodes. And if you didn't listen to my interview with Kiki Palmer, so I have on the last episode of Everything Iconic, I had Kiki Palmer, who's one of the greatest people in the entertainment industry. I love her. It was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. And then after that, we have Amy Phillips, who you guys know from Radio Andy. Uh, she wrote a book with this guy, Stu O'Keefe, who's a friend of mine. They did a cookbook. It's great. And I interviewed them and we talked about Bravo stuff. So I hope you guys will check that episode out as well. Some really fun interviews coming up. Uh, I love you all for listening. Find me on social media. All the links are in the episode description. And I try to put all of these interviews up on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. And uh, yeah, I love you all so much for listening. Let's do our cheesy little cool down. We need it after this intense week of The Real Housewives, don't we? I feel like we just need a... Let's, let's, let's go, girls. Let's do our cool down. Let's go, girls. <laughs> Barking like Shania Twain. Um, okay, let's take a deep breath in. And let's hold it. Let's breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, and you just hold it for a while. You hold it until you need to let it go. Just until you need to let that sucker out. You let it go. You let it go. And I just want you all to relax and uh, go about your day now that I'm sending my love your way. And uh, yeah, I love you all so much for listening. And I want to thank Bravo. I want to thank Andy. I want to thank the network, the producers. I want to thank our gals, even the ones who are on the run. I want to thank them. I want to thank them for giving us good TV. We love you. We love you, even though sometimes we hate you. Okay, bye-bye.